I do watch local news, especially the sports segments, because I find myself being like, no, 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 they should have used a Vosat here and done a VO here and done highlights and blah, blah, blah. Like they should have done A, B, and C. So I'm like trying to like pseudo produce it for them all over again. And I'm like, oh man, I guess I kind of miss the field, but I don't. Hi, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of Broadcast Bulletin. My name is Jim Stanton. And I'm Jacob Brooks. Glad to have you here. If you haven't already, as always, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube. Uh, Follow us on Instagram. That's at Broadcast Bulletin. And go to our website, BroadcastBulletinPodcast.com. All right. Thank you, Jacob. Let's get right into today's first guest. I absolutely love her. And I came across by accident when... I was on YouTube a few months ago and an old newscast from her old station, CBS3, came up. Now, CBS3 Sports with Barrett Anderson. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Corey Kaiser. Barrett Anderson is on assignment, so she'll be back here at 10. And talking about football, the two Harbors football team couldn't wait for summer to be over and football season to begin. And tonight, their wish will finally be granted. And, you know, it came on my recommendation, so I watched it. And she was a sportscaster. We were kind of desperate looking for a sportscaster at the same time. So I was like, you know what? I'll reach out to her. We found out she wasn't in the business anymore. And I'm so glad we did, too, because I don't know many people that go from talking sports to selling beer for a living. And since nothing goes better with sports than beer, it's a perfect transition. Today's guest is Corey Kaiser, who comes, who's now back home in San Diego as a regional sales rep for Wild Barrel Brewing. But prior to starting that job, she was in sports broadcasting for a few years. Uh, she graduated from Arizona State University. She started working behind the scenes at Fox Sports San Diego and then made the transition to uh, working on her first on-air job in July 2016 in Duluth, Minnesota at KBJR. Two years she spent there working as the weekend sportscaster for CBS3. Today she's going to... Uh, Share advice for those wanting to break into sports broadcasting, what it's like being a woman in a male-dominated industry, and why she made that transition out of it, as well as her story on getting into sports in the first place. Corey, welcome to Broadcast Bulletin. Thank you guys for having me. I'm really glad to be here. (laughs) Good to see you. All right. Well, so let's just jump right into that first question. So when did you first fall in love in sports and know that it was for you? Good question. Um, I knew going back into eighth grade, seventh grade, I really wanted to be in news in general and working in TV. Um, and then when I was in high school, especially my sophomore, junior year in high school, I was really involved in my school, especially my senior year as well. Um, we had a really good football team and I was just really involved in it. And I actually was a water girl for the football team for a few games. Um, and I was like, you know what? I really like sports and I actually have an interest in it. And I'm not a math person. I'm not a science person. Um, sports is the one thing that like, I just, I don't mind learning about every day and like growing in my knowledge. And so I'd have to say about senior year of high school, I really was like, you know, I want to focus in sports. Um, and then going into college, that was, you know, sticking in the news from my dream in seventh grade, eighth grade, and then really focusing on sports um, from senior year and then going into that in college and uh, really just deciding like, yeah, I want to do sports broadcasting. Like this is something that um, 
you know, it's, it's a really interesting field and there are so many different sports to focus on. And it's just a lot of entertainment and something that is just really fun to learn about, especially a female in the industry as well. Kind of circling back to when you fell in love in sports, did, did you ever play any sports yourself? And was there a figure that you looked up to growing up like a, another athlete or something? The only sport that I played was golf growing up. I started when I was seven um, and took lots of lessons. I've been playing for 20 plus years now. I played in high school, um, varsity, three years. I would say all four years, but I transferred my sophomore year, so I couldn't play varsity. And I was, um, I don't want to say a little too bougie in this sense, but they're like, you can play JV your, your sophomore year. And I was like, no, I want to be in varsity only. Like, I know I'm that good. Um, so I didn't play any sports besides that. Contact sports seemed like fun, but it just wasn't my jam. And, um, and so I, I just, I grew up with my dad being a firefighter. And the one thing that they would do every year was get, you know, football tickets for the chargers games. And we would do like big old family grill outs for the chargers games at Qualcomm stadium. And so I really fell in love with football at that point. And especially fell in love with watching LaDainian Tomlinson. And he was my favorite player of all time. I love him to death, favorite football player ever. And I think that's when I really like decided, like, I just, this is awesome. Like football's great. And so like, what other sports are out there? Like hockey, baseball, basketball. Um, and so, um, you know, I'm, I'm the only child and I'm my dad's only kid. And so it's kind of like, I'm like his only daughter, but also a son when needed. And so it was like super cool. Cause he taught me golf to begin with, and then really got me into sports and football and like going to the games. And that was kind of like our father Dardes that we would have would be going to Padres or uh, chargers games. And so I just really fell in love with doing stuff with him on that level and having him teach me and really getting interested in the sports themselves. And then also being like, wow, okay, well, the Dane Thomas is super cool. I love him. Like this is, awesome. He's fun to watch. And so I just really continued and uh, growing my passion in those sports. So you had, you've touched on your, um, how you got into sports, but what made you decide to get into sports broadcasting specifically? It, I remember it, it was especially like senior year of high school where like, I knew I wanted to do broadcasting and do TV news. I've already like toured with a couple of new anchors in the San Diego area and I thought I wanted to do news for sure. And then my senior year of high school, we had a really good football team. I was very invested, very involved, had a lot of friends on the team as well. So it made it a little bit more interesting to watch. And then when I was deciding on colleges, Arizona State was one of them um, and Chapman as well. And I remember I toured Chapman on my prom day, which is a very bad decision. Kids don't ever do that. Um, but I mean, it was a great tour by all means, but I remember looking at the football stadium and I was like, wow, there's only one side of bleachers. Like this is, <laughs> this is not like on the same level of my high school team, like my high school team and Chapman's great school, great program, but especially deciding that I wanted to go into sports. And that's something that I really wanted to do. I was like, I want to go tour ASU and I had a bunch of high school friends going there as well. And so I remember touring ASU and even driving, on the freeway and passing by Sun Devil Stadium in Tempe, I was like this halo that just came over Sun Devil Stadium. And I was like, oh, this is the football mecca. And so I just remember and I was like, D1 sports, great programs, go to football. This is the place to go. And um, even my freshman year, I got season tickets to the football games. And I just was like, this is what I want to do. I love going to games. Like 
going to sports and watching sports and covering sports and getting paid for it for a career was like the most ideal job for me at that point. Um, and I had a lot of really good mentors and a lot of, um, a lot of people along the way that I could ask questions, especially when it came to that kind of stuff. Um, and it's just, it's just something that like, you know, it's, it's never a dumb question when asking about sports, there's just so many intricacies to it as well. And it's just something that I genuinely just enjoy learning about. And I still to, I still do to this day. So out of school, you had ha- held a few behind the scenes jobs. Um, can you talk about what those were and how they prepared you or if they prepared you at all for being on air? Um, so I would definitely say like all of my positions out of college really prepared me for the industry itself. Um, cause in college we have all the luxuries of having really great camera equipment and tripods that work and all that stuff. Like they give you the top of the line equipment to work with. Um, very spoiled, very lucky. Um, and one thing that I'm actually really glad I did and I took advice of some mentors and people that I talked to was get as many internships as possible before you even graduate. So you kind of know what you're working with when you go into the field. But even then, as an intern, it's not very hands-on. But I think um, I think it did teach me a lot, especially when I do learn from someone who's been in the career field for 15 plus years. So right out of college, I, I was lucky enough to get a job at Fox Sports San Diego. And I think it was one of my professors that hadn't known someone or whatever the deal was. I had a connection to Fox Sports San Diego. So I had an interview while I was covering a Diamondbacks game. And um, they were just like, do you know how to score baseball? Do you know A, B, and C? Like we need a production assistant. And I'm like, I'll learn anything and everything before I even get there. But like, I would love to work at Foxborough San Diego and granted it's not on camera. It was all behind the scenes, but they always, even my mentors always told me some really good advice was learn everything behind the camera. That makes you a better on-camera person. It makes you a better person to work with. You're very well-rounded at that point. Um, And so I I was just willing to do anything and everything. And so working at Foxborough San Diego was a really great, um, I would say start into it. So it's not a lot of pressure just being right in front of the camera right off the bat, especially being a new grad who I had camera experience, but maybe not as much as someone who did like the college TV, you know, the actual broadcast for the school. So um, I learned everything when it came to scoring a baseball game and working with on-air talent, working with, you know, guys in the clubhouse and producers and um, logging interviews and video and being organized and knowing how to edit sequences, especially in a fast pace as well. Um, So it really taught me a lot with, I think, especially just meeting deadlines and just being very um, specific and careful with your editing, very precise editing. So um, that translates to well on air when you are a, you know, a multimedia journalist. Um, And then after Foxborough San Diego, I did go to Texas for a couple months and worked for a summer collegiate baseball team, summer collegiate league baseball team. Uh, And that was great. I had a bunch of really good coworkers. I was um, an in-game host And that helped me really well with ad-libbing and coming up with stuff on the spot and being on my toes and uh, kind of putting my personality into things. And especially when it came to player interviews, I would do post-game recaps. So it really expanded my knowledge um, in baseball. Um, And like I said, just ad-libbing and really just getting better on camera. 
Um, and then after that, I landed my job at KBJR. And I think that's really, that's really where I started to begin my career in a sense, especially being on camera. Okay, so it's time to look for an honor job. Duluth, Minnesota is quite the way from San Diego. I made you decide upon Duluth. How many applications did you send out in total? And were they the only ones to make you an offer? Oh, Lord. Um, I cannot tell you how many places I applied to. Um, no <laughs> is an answer that you get all the time. And it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. Um, especially being an only child, I did not get no that often. So, <laughs> so um, you know, especially from job interviews, when, you know, they tell you straight out of college, you can get a job easily, like you have the experience and get all these internships, and you're just set up to, for success. Um, and at that point, it's especially getting into sports. Um, getting into news is hard enough. But getting into sports, sports, sports departments are so much smaller than news departments. And so the jobs are so far and few in between compared to news. Um, and so I applied to anything and everything. I knew that I had been out of school at that point for two years. Granted, I still had some experience, but it wasn't all on camera, probably as you know, some news directors would have liked. Um, and it's all about, and personally for me, I feel like it's kind of about what they're looking for at that time. Um, and especially the talent level and resume and what kind of market size you're looking into. Um, but I applied to so many from West Coast to East Coast, North to South, everywhere. Um, but Duluth was the one that really was interested and I actually, it's funny because along the way I did apply to Binghamton, New York and, um, the news director there, him and I, Jer his name is Jeremy. And he gave me some really good, not criticism, but he was just like, Hey, I really like your reel, but like, I, I just filled this spot and yada, 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 like just keep going. You get so many no's along the way, but you have that bright spot every once in a while that keeps you going because it's so easy to just quit and just say like, I'm, I'm done applying. Like I'm never going to break into this industry. I just need to get my foot in the door and no one's allowing me to do it. And I think Jeremy to this day, and we're still really good friends. We've kept in touch because he's the one that really was just like, your reel is awesome. Like, I wish I could hire you, but like, I just hired someone. And so he gave me the extra push. And so Duluth was the only one that was interested and had a position open, but the caveat was that it was part news and part sports. And I knew from the get-go, I did not want to do news at all, but my mom always told me beggars can't be choosers. And so my thing was like, all right, well, they're offering me a job, even though half of it's not really what I want to do. At least I kind of get my foot into sports part-time, eventually maybe full-time, you never know. And uh, I remember interviewing with the news director, the assistant news director, and I think like um kind of like a production manager or something like that. And uh, three person interview. And I was super nervous. It was like my first official interview, especially on Zoom because they were in Minnesota. And one of the questions that they, they asked me was, so you're from San Diego, but you went to school in Phoenix and we're in Minnesota. Are you okay with negative 40 degree temperatures? <laughs> In my head, I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't know what that is. But realistically, I'm like, yeah, 
yeah, I can do that. Yeah, sure. Just give me a job. I'm ready to work. And, um, and I hadn't heard from her for like in a couple of days and I got kind of nervous. And so I remember I emailed her in some advice I'll give later to all the upcomers, but, and my mom told me this too, as I sent her an email and was just like, I'm ready to move to Duluth. And, uh, basically was just like, just give me a job. Like I want to work. And she sent me my hire letter right after that. And I remember I flew up there and searched for an apartment, signed my contract and met everybody. And so, um, yeah, that was a little, cra- was not expecting to move to Duluth. And everyone tells you when you get in this industry is just, they kind of just go where the job takes you and you can go all over the country. And little did I expect I would ever move to Duluth, but I don't regret it. Did you ever like adapt to the cold or get used to it? <laughs> Oddly enough, yes. Um, not the super cold. Like if it was negative 40 degrees outside with wind chill, I was wearing two layers of socks. I had hand warmers in my shoes and my gloves and my pockets. I wore two beanies. Um, I was layered. I adapted for sure. I can tell you that much. And especially a San Diego kid going to the snow. I didn't get in a car accident, no frozen limbs, no lost limbs. Like all is good. I survived. I'm very proud of myself. Uh, I had to shovel my car to the snow a couple times. So, um, you know, whatever kills you makes you stronger. And it sure did. I'm a stronger person for it. Um, but I do have to say when it was in the negative temperatures and it went into the single digits, everyone would tell me like, you're just going to wear short sleeves. It's like spring. Like it's just so warm. And they're not kidding. I actually was like so excited when it got into single digits because it was just so warm compared to the negative temperatures that I was like going out in just one jacket and just a pair of boots and I was warm and yeah, I adapted. It's kind of odd to say, but it, it did happen. I'm very surprised. All right. So talk about the production of the sports segments on your uh, segment every night on the news. Did you produce that yourself or did the newscast producer help you? So I only did weekends. And so since we're duopoly, I was CBS and my coworker, Alec Bachner, great guy, um, was the um, sports guy for KBJR. And so we kind of tag teamed on the sports production in a sense, like he would come up with a schedule when it came to shooting games and what games we're going to shoot, what highlights, um, what kind of major sports events were going to be going on for the day. So he was really in charge of that. He was also there a year before I was. So he was definitely a senior employee compared to me. Um, and I really looked up to him and he is actually a phenomenal sports caster. Like he is amazing. Um, but there were times where when it came to producing, he would produce it in how he felt was like, how he felt was the main story for his station and his demographic because CBS and KBGR had different demographics in a sense of like, which one was more Wisconsin based, which one was more Minnesota based, uh, iron range based, or, you know, just straight in the city or it, it just honestly depended. So sometimes I would rearrange my, um, my slots, my story slots compared to his, or if like, I felt maybe for this story, I wanted to use a Vosat and he just did a VO, then I would add my own SOT to it. Or if we both had the same slug, 
I would just change up my saw in a sense of what I felt was more important to the story. Um, but we definitely did, uh, you know, if he, if he went to go shoot this one football game, I went to go shoot this one hockey game. Um, I would write the highlights for my hockey game. He'd write the highlights for my football game or for his football game. And so we would either change up the lingo in each other's highlights or whatever the deal is, but we, you know, we would definitely just share a lot of content just because there's only two of us on the weekends and there's so much to cover because our coverage area for Duluth being what market 144, we had a lot of stuff to do on the weekends. It was actually pretty crazy. So how did you choose what stories, games, or highlights ended up in your uh, newscast? So, uh, like I said, uh, it was mostly my co-anchor for the NBC station that really came up with the schedule. Um, just because like him and I did tag team a lot of the um, the game. There was just so many games to cover that he would just schedule me like, okay, you go to this baseball game, you go to this hockey game, I'll go to this football game, and then this football game, whatever. Um the biggest one that we always did cover whenever it was UMD um, men's hockey season always went to the games. Same with the women's team. Um, we would do a lot of UMD stuff just because they were, you know, I, I want to say D2 college and, um, you know, they're right there in Duluth. Uh, we would cover, for example, I think it was the Duluth Greyhounds. They are, they were like, uh, <laughs> they were the boys, um, one of like the boys champions, the boys uh, high school champions or whatever. So we would cover them and a lot of like the local teams um, on Friday nights, a, our sports director would have me come over from news and do sports. And he would send me out to the iron range and go cover like a couple games, like stay until halftime for this game. And then go to the other game and shoot the other halftime. So it honestly just really depended, especially towards the end of the season when it came to rankings and, um, uh, when it came to rankings and playoffs and championships and all that stuff. But we always kept it very local. Uh, on Sundays, obviously, would show the Vikings and the Packers, um, you know, Minnesota Wild, the Bucks, the Timberwolves, Lynx, because the Lynx had a really good run for a while. So, um, it, I mean, and I feel like we, you know, if we ever had to go beyond, I think it was like our two minutes and 30 seconds for a sports segment that we could always ask the producers um, for the news. If we could like, Hey, can we have like an extra minute? And if it was a really slow news day, they're like, yeah, sure. Like just take away, just take it away. Just do whatever. Um, and I want to stay in the weekends. I think we had like five minutes for our late show. Um, but it just, it just honestly depended on what was happening and the time of the season and how great the teams were really doing. But we were very live local Duluth is what our slogan was. Uh, so we definitely kept to that. Obviously you're not from the Midwest originally you're from San Diego. So working in Duluth, were the team loyalties different than they were in San Diego? Like, did you continue to root for your childhood teams and like, how did you keep that out of your uh, broadcast? It's, it's really hard to not fall in love with the culture up there. Everyone that I interviewed, everyone that I met, all the athletes, the coaches, everyone um, are beyond amazing people, phenomenal people. Everyone was so kind and welcome, especially like they would be like, you're not from here. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm from San Diego. They're like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I don't know. No, I was like, I'm here for work. Um, but they, uh, everyone is just so welcoming and amazing that it's hard not to root for the team, like let alone the people themselves. Um, and so, 
you know, I definitely became a fan of the teams. Uh, you know, the UMD hockey teams are amazing and the men's team is so much fun to cover. Uh, we'll get into that. I'm sure we'll get into that later. Uh, and I actually became a fan of the Vikings because when I was living in Duluth, the chargers, my childhood team, um, up and left me and my whole soul. And so I was very upset about that. And I actually was like, you know what? I've covered the Vikings. Coach Zim is awesome. All the players are awesome. The whole faculty is great. I'm a Vikings fan now. Like I can't, I can't help it, but I really like the Vikings and um it's just it's just hard not to fall in love with them and to just be a fan in general and obviously like i still have like my own childhood teams that i follow like the padres um but it's 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 just so easy to really root for the teams that you do cover and just to want them to be successful do you feel that local tv stations are de-emphasizing sports at all because i know some stations who've gotten rid of sports anchors or sports departments altogether and why do you think they're doing that? I do. I do. I, and it's really sad because um, I am lucky enough to say that uh, when I interned at Fox 10 in Phoenix, it was like a five person sports from it, a really big sports department. Um, and I was able to follow a lot of the news personalities there, the sports personalities, and they are really great TV people and they are really great in their job. Um, and then even in Duluth for it being market 144, um, our sports department was four and a half people, three and a half people, which is huge. Um, and so, and actually after I left Duluth, I had interviewed at a couple places or expressed interest. And I talked to, talked to news directors and they were like, well, we want to newsify sports. Basically we want feature stories. We want five minute long stories on packages and all these different players and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, but that's not what it is. They're like, we don't want highlights. We don't want scores. And I'm like, okay, but that's what sports is. And I know you can go to ESPN and you can go to on your app and see all, you know, all the stuff that's happening with sports. But when you're in a small market like Duluth, or maybe even going up to the next level, seventies to one hundreds, people really do like their local sports. That's what they thrive on, especially in Texas. And Texas has a lot of like big markets, but they love their football. So it's just like, sometimes people can't catch the highlights on ESPN or they can't catch it on their phone that they actually like to tune in to their local news station and watch their favorite personalities, read the highlights because everyone, every sports personality puts their own flair into their highlights, uh, whether it's writing them or reading them or, even shooting them who knows but um but that i mean it's just when i had a news director tell me that he wanted to newsify sports and take away highlights and scores i'm like i i i get it in a sense i like to interview athletes and have those in-depth stories and really get to know them as just a person instead of an athlete like that's my passion but um but highlights are so much fun and scores are so much fun and really informing the community and getting them hyped up for like really great games and super awesome plays that they just can't catch anywhere unless they were at the game. And honestly, I wish I could tell you why they're doing that. I think it's just because um, I know when it comes to ratings or not, I know, but this is what I've heard. And what I think is that when it comes to ratings is that once it gets to weather, that's all the rating that they need. That's the only amount of time that they need. And so anything after weather, which is sports, 
they don't care. It doesn't add to their ratings. So why not take, and this is what I'm thinking is why not take all that stuff from sports and newsify it and put it in news and take away from the sports department. Um, I think it's bogus just because you do have a lot of people like myself who went to school to try and do this stuff. And yeah, you know, maybe the end goal is getting on ESPN or Fox sports and doing sideline all that stuff for a major network. But realistically that sometimes that might not be the case for people, you know, some people really want to stick to like their hometown station and just do sports for that. Um, And it's a shame if they're trying to take that away because some people really just like the simplicity so people just really like the simplicity and just the enjoyment of watching and listening to sports and because they're happy sports is happy. It's good times. People are cheering. They're having a good time. Um, and I just wish that they would keep sports departments big. Cause even, even places that I applied to last year, a couple of years ago, it was a duopoly as well, but they were trying to make one sports person on the weekends do for two stations and they only have a two-person sports department, which is beyond me. That it, It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> so when you went home, did you still consume a lot of sports? Like, uh, what are those? Reading sports, watching sports on TV, um, watching games, the sports like your life? Or do you ever feel like, mm, I need to unplug from sports for a bit? I honestly feel like even when I was in sports, I probably wasn't as plugged in as I should have been because I really do value like my off time and my personal time. Um, But when I did move home, I still watched a lot of stuff. Like I was working at a bar, I was waitressing and then started bartending. And I remember, um, you know, the year after I covered the UMD men's uh, hockey team going to the national championship, I think they went back again the following year. And I was at my bar after my shift, just watching UMD hockey. Um, and even the wild too. Like I would always tune into Fox sports North and watch the wild. Um, and actually their uh, ringside reporter, Kevin Gorg became like a mentor of mine and a really good friend of mine too. So I just enjoyed watching him as well. Um, but I still feel like I was really like a diehard, like Minnesota sports fan still uh, afterwards because I consumed, like I lived and breathed that for two years and I actually really enjoyed it. Um, And actually one of the really cool things was when I left Duluth, my sports director basically told me, he was like, did you know hockey before you moved here? I was like, no. And he's like, wow, I'm really impressed because you didn't know anything about hockey. And in two years, you picked it up really quickly and you knew a lot. Um, And I think that just really goes to show one, how great the sport is, but two, how much I just love it in general. Um, And so initially right off the bat, I did still keep in touch with a lot of the sports world because it not only was it a passion of mine, but it's something that I just worked in. And that's what I was just so used to. Uh, But over the years, I... I don't just sit down and watch a hockey game. Like if, if I see the UMD men's hockey team on TV or the wild on TV, I will sit down and I'll watch it. Uh, but I don't go out of my way to be like, Oh my gosh, the hockey team's playing. I have to, I have to watch. I have to watch the bulldogs. I have to watch the wild. The Vikings are on. Oh my God. It's, it's, it's just not the same. I think I've, I don't want to say I've lost some love for it, but because I'm not in a sense getting paid to watch it and it's not my living anymore. I'm like, decompressing i am spending more time reading books and spending time with family and friends and at this point now focusing on beer but i found other things to really like 
put my focus on instead of just constantly like working my way, my schedule around sports. And granted, yes, I am upset that I am missing. Um, it's not your guys' fault by all means, but I didn't, uh, I didn't realize that the world series would be on tonight. And so I am missing it, but I'm not as bummed as I would be if I was still working in TV. I'll get the highlights later. It's fine. Sports broadcasting, as you know, and you've mentioned, it's it's very competitive. Um, and there's a lot of more interest, it seems like, in positions with news and weather. You know, it's even it's harder to find sports broadcasting jobs. What are some tips you might have for those who want to go into sports broadcasting? Maybe some tips that might help them uh, stand apart. I would say resume wise, just is get as many internships under your belt as you can, especially starting in college. Uh, people might say, oh, freshman year, too soon. You're still getting used to it. Honestly, I wish I would have started freshman year. I think I might have started my sophomore, junior year. Um, and I, I still did a lot. I still had an internship for a full year and then a couple other ones, you know, during the summer, like fall season. Um and I wish I would have done more in just to build my resume, but also to feel more confident by the time I graduated to really, you know, be, be ready to be in front of the camera or inside of a newsroom. Um, but yeah, I would say just get internships anywhere and everywhere. And when you get the internships, really keep up those contacts. Cause there are some contacts like one I had from MLB network, I never kept up with them. Um, and that's my fault. And I think it's just my personality in general, because I'm the kind of person that I don't want to reach out to you for something. Every time I reach out to you, I want to actually like build that relationship. So I would say build, build that relationship, that professional relationship with your contacts and just reaching out and saying, Hey, how's it going? How's life? Blah, blah, blah. Instead of being like, Hey, there's a job opening. Can you like put my name in the hat? Um, and which is, you know, it might work for some people, might work, might not work for others. Who knows? Um, that's just my personality type. But just get a lot of experience. Go out and shoot sports, um, whether it's for an internship or for your college team or a high school team or something. Because um, I felt like I was a, a little bit behind the eight ball when I was in sports. And I, I thank my sports director so much for giving me the chance to really do it. But shooting football at first was really hard following the ball just right out of the snap was difficult, especially as they're handing it off to a running back. I'm just like, well, where'd the ball go? And then with hockey, it's a tiny puck. Like it's just, you know, it's, it takes a lot of practice and it took me uh, a lot of time to really get used to it. And granted, yeah, I did get good to it at the end, but I'd rather would have been a pro in the beginning and even better at the end. Um, and I feel like that would have set me apart compared to, especially going in your first job, that sets you apart compared to people who really that is their first job out of TV. Whereas you're like, I've done all these internships and I have all the experience with the camera and the tripod and with a reporter and an anchor and producers. I've produced a show or have helped produce. I've logged interviews. I've written scripts, a story, blah, blah, blah. So really just taking any and every opportunity as much as possible is awesome. But then when it comes to actually getting that job or applying to it and maybe putting your reel out there, just being yourself. I think honestly, just your personality shining through is what really makes you, you. Um, and I'd have to say like, I, that was my main priority with being on camera and especially with my reel is like, sometimes I would sing on TV or I was just, I was Corey Kaiser. Like I was me. 
It's just in, if, if you don't like it fine, but there might be someone out there who does, but I'm funny. I'm quirky. I probably have, you know, um, dad jokes and a dad sense of humor. <laughs> like fast forward 17 years to today, they met once again. Dun, dun, dun. They were right back in the saddle on Memorial Day facing a fellow first place team, Houston. We have a problem. Whatever, but you're going to have the viewers and the news directors who really love that. And, and when you are yourself, your light really shines through that you enjoy your job and you really love your job. And I feel like a lot of my viewers could tell when I read my highlights and I wrote my highlights and I had maybe corny sayings. You don't want to be over the top by all means, but corny sayings and being yourself and just having fun with it. They could say like, Oh my gosh, I really want to watch this person. I really want to watch her because she loves her job and she's having fun and I'm having fun listening to her. So I want to kind of follow up to that because you mentioned shooting that with your own camera and following the football and all that. So you shot your own highlights. You didn't have a photog with you. Nope, not at all. I was my photog, even in news as my own photog. Um, and it really forced me to be creative and to find different angles in news, but, um, in sports. Yeah, I, it was a struggle at first. I, I missed a couple goals, soccer, hockey. I, I missed some touchdowns. It sucked. Um, granted, uh, my sports director was really nice and kind of, you know, let me off the hook and was, you know, it's like, it's a learning experience, but, um, it feels really crappy at first to be like, I, I missed the only touchdown of the game. Are you kidding me? Because I don't have experience. Um, and sometimes some plays are unpredictable. We're like, because you're shooting through a lens and there's a trick to it, too, where you you shoot through the lens with one eye, but the other eye, you're actually following the action in real time. And so you're kind of, you know, both eyes are working together to get the shot, but you want to make sure you're zoomed out enough or zoomed in enough. And it's just there's a lot of different components to when you're actually like shooting football or just sports in general to make sure you get the shots. Um, but yeah, no photog. That's me. I was a photog. I was a producer, the photog, the highlight writer, the editor, <laughs> the, the anything and everything, the TV personality, you name it, that was me. All right. So as you mentioned to us, you worked at an NBC and CBS duopoly. So I know how passionate you are about, you know, working in a duopoly. So, uh, and by the way, for those who don't know, that's just basically when two separate stations are, they have the same ownership and they work out of the same building. So kind of just tell us, First of all, tell us what that experience was like. Uh, did you cover stories for both stations? Did viewers think uh, y'all were competitors or y'all were part of the same company? And just what are your thoughts of working in Duopoly? Because I know you said you really never wanted to work at a Duopoly again. Yeah, no. Um, I feel like viewers kind of knew that we were basically the same stations in a sense because you would see the same personalities going across from the 5 p.m to the 6 p.m from nbc to cbs um working on the news side it was a pain in the butt especially because um you know especially if i was sent out to the iron range and it's two hour drive round trip and i'm by myself i'm my own photog my editor writer all that jazz voiceover whatever when you when you're beating against time to try and beat deadline and not only have to do a package for one station, but two, it, it doesn't make a huge difference. But when you're doing your voiceover and having to edit two separate packages, which is being like for KBJR6, Corey Kaiser, for CBS3 Duluth, Corey Kaiser, just even those like seconds 
of a time difference really just makes all the difference of trying to beat deadline because you're not only having to produce a package and edit a package for the show, but also maybe like a VOSOP for the 5 p.m. and the packages for six and it's for both stations. Um, it just it just seemed a little bit more excessive and unnecessary um, and putting a lot more work on us. And granted, we're already multimedia journalists. We're doing the jobs of like five people in one person. And so adding something on top of that and you're already, you know, shaking and stressed out, just trying to beat deadline and make sure that your package and you see like the little, the little, um, success bar of like when it's downloaded, just going so slow to the end. And you're like, Oh my gosh, my story's up in like in a minute. Are you kidding me? Like, it's not going to make it. It was just, it was just more stressful than anything else. Um, and in between live shots, having to change mic flags or, you know, addressing your anchors and making sure you have the right anchors. Um, when it came to sports, there were a lot of times, and this is why I say, I think that viewers knew that we were kind of the, the same stations was that I was the CBS weekend anchor. If my sports director was out and no one else could cover him, I was on NBC. So I was on the main station on main nights anchoring. And I'm not mad about that at all. Cause it gave me a really good exposure and added great stuff to my resume. But like the viewers were like, Hey, wait a minute, isn't she on CBS three? That's a little odd. Um, but I think the biggest thing about working in duopoly that I would never do again was that, especially when it came to ratings, they didn't see us as an equal in a sense. We were two different stations. Granted we are, but you have reporters working for both stations. So like, what's the difference? And what really, you know, bummed me out was in the sense of NBC was, KBJR was the golden child. That was like the top station, top rankings. CBS3 Duluth was the redheaded stepchild that really just got no love. Um, NBC got more promotions, more exposure, more anything and everything you can think of. And CBS just like, eh, you know, you guys are just up and coming. It's fine. We, you don't, you don't need all this stuff. Um, and if we did get promotions and honestly, I never did on the weekends. I think they do now. Um, and that kind of makes me sad because, you know, I'm your weekend sports anchor. Like I felt like I deserved like a promotion for being weekend sports. Like how do you get people to watch if you don't promote it? Um, so it just, you know, they just kind of put us on the back burner on CBS. And that was sad because you, you have a lot of people that are coming to you for their first job and wanting to get really good experience and good stuff for their resume reel and trying to, trying to get to the next level. And you'd hope that your bosses would want you to succeed and to get you to that next job. Um, but on CBS, I just felt like because of Duopoly, we just weren't noticed you know and so um that was kind of just the sucky thing about it to be honest and so um with going into a duopoly and i actually interviewed with a couple after my last job i was like i can't do it especially when you have two people in a sports department and i'm having to go in between both stations on the weekends by myself no, that's, it's not going to happen. It's you're asking too much of me for too little of pay, to be honest. Well, first of all, I, that was really interesting to hear the perspective of what it's like working at um, a duopoly. There's so much like that goes into it that even I didn't know. Um, but as a woman in sports, did you ever face any challenges that your um, 
male counterparts in sports might not have? I feel like in my professional experience, uh, working in Duluth or Minnesota, it's like my first like main TV job. No. Uh, when I was at Foxport San Diego, I did not experience anything. I'd have to say when I was in college, um, maybe Foxport San Diego too, but when I was in college and working just for the school itself and I was assigned to spring training and uh, my team to cover was the Arizona Diamondbacks, I remember being told like don't look around when you're in the clubhouse like these players are coming out of the shower they have like towels on whatever just don't look around the clubhouse and i'm like okay and i was told like if you look around you have wandering eyes the you know the media relations pr person they will like kick you out of the clubhouse and that kind of you know opened my eyes in a sense to just like well is it just because i'm a female and they're males like but in my, in my head, I'm like, I'm just here to do my job. So even then, like clubhouses I went into, I did get hit on by all means. They would try and like take me off topic and like say like some, some sly remarks and like a, you know, a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And I was just like, all right, so back to the question because I'm here for a job. Um, but honestly, like in the grand scheme of things, I think that was maybe a handful of people. Whereas I've been in so many clubhouses, locker rooms, fields, whatever. I felt like I was always really respected and seen as an equal. I think it was just when I started getting into it and I knew, and I, and it was also, you know, I have to say it was kind of a good reminder to me as well. Like, yeah, don't just be like looking around the clubhouse and, and just like start like ooing and eyeing about, you know, being in a major league clubhouse. But, um, but I felt like I was a little bit singled out maybe because I was a female. But after that, it was just like, I knew in my mind, I'm here for one thing. I'm here for my job. I'm not here to, you know, flirt with players or to look around and catch a glimpse at something or whatever. I'm just here to make a professional relationship with anyone and everyone and to get my job done and to just be a really good reporter and I feel like when I did have that mindset, a lot of people respected that and they knew that. And I did create really good relationships with a lot of players, whether it was with, you know, the Minnesota Wild or the Vikings or, um, you know, any of the college teams that it just, and I think they also noticed that as well. It's just like, there's a lot of reporters coming in here, whether it's male or female, it's just they're reporters and they're here to do one job. I'm here to do my job too. I'm here to play good hockey. I'm here to play good football and I'm here to tell the story and they're here to get the story. And so there was always that mutual respect afterwards too, but um, circling back around definitely in college was that one time that I was like, uh, okay. All right. Well, uh, but honestly, like not much really offends me or bothers me. I just let it just roll over. And so, um, came first it's basically it talk about the most memorable story you covered during your time at Duluth I love this story um and it was funny actually <laughs> I have to tell the backstory to this too because I remember my sports director was like hey so what are you guys doing you know the weekend of April 6th and I'm like well it's my birthday and um and I think he was just like, well, we're leaving a couple of days earlier, blah, blah. Do you want to cover the UMD? You want to cover like the men's national uh, hockey championship, men's, the men's hockey national championship. And I was like, well, I just made a dentist appointment. 
Like, <laughs> it took me forever to make this disappointment. I don't want to cancel it. And he's like, seriously, you're going to turn it down. You're going to turn down covering this huge game for a dentist appointment. I'm like, okay, no, you're right. It was just me being like super like OCD that I was like, it took me forever to schedule a dentist appointment. And I was about to turn down covering a national hockey championship for the dentist appointment. So granted, I did, I did cancel the dentist appointment. I rescheduled it for later. Um, do not regret that. Uh, but anyway, so I went down to the Twin Cities with my sports director and my co-anchor on the weekends. And it was the three of us just down the Twin Cities. And UMD was going to the Men's National Ho- Men's Hockey National Championship for the first time since 2011. This was 2018. And the last time they were there and they won was at XL Energy Center in St. Paul. So it was very... Um, poetic in a sense of like, okay, well, they're back and it's seven years later and it's in St. Paul at XL Energy Center. Again, this is amazing. Like they, they, they have to win it now. So um, we spent the whole week in there covering them. And I was always on my toes. The games were amazing. We went live. Um, and I actually went, did my whole entire sports segment on the weekend live from XL Energy Center. Um, which was super tricky, something I'd never done before, but I'm really glad I did it. Just having to read your script from your phone and you're going live from Excel Energy Center and you can't see like what graphics are going or if the video's playing um, and having to listen to your, you know, director in your ear and make sure that everything's, you know, going really well. Um, but it was like the best experience ever. And I remember when they won, I was like, oh my gosh, they won. They won. And it's my birthday. I just turned 26. This is amazing. What the, like, this is the best birthday present ever. I actually worked on my birthday and I had so much fun. This is like so amazing. Um, and, uh, the players were so awesome afterwards. It was just like a really great vibe. And to top off that weekend, it was actually my sports director's last weekend working at the station. And so it was like, you know, a little send off farewell weekend, but also UMD men's national you know, the hockey team, national champions, and he's been covering them for years. It was just super awesome. And, um, even when I got back, one of, uh, um, our colleagues had gotten the actual like net, they like cut it into pieces. And he like came into the sports department and was like, here you go. Here's a part of the net from covering the game. And I was like, this is the highlight of my career. That's just so awesome. It was such a great time. And I'm so glad I did it. It was a lot of work, really late nights, really cold outside, I, but so worth it. I love that story so much. So um, that was 2018. When did you end up leaving the business and why did you decide to leave? So I left in July, 2018. So literally like that like career moment and the best like thing I've ever covered was right before I left. And so I went out on a high note, um, but I left in July, 2018. I spent two years there and it was a really tough decision to, to leave because they had actually offered me the sports director position and I really contemplated it, but I knew that when I went to my next job, it'd be two years later kind of a thing. Like I would be, you know, not talking about age, but like I'd be 28. So like, where do I want to be by the time I'm 30? Like, do I want to stay in Duluth? And when we came down to, you know, discussing the contract and negotiating, we couldn't come to terms. And 
I, I kind of live by the motto of like what's meant to be will be kind of a thing. You know, if it's not meant to be, it's not going to happen. Kind of, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, and especially living in Minnesota, and I knew no one there except for people that I worked with, and they all became family. I still did miss my family and a lot of my friends here in San Diego. And so I was like, you know what? It's not meant to be in Duluth, which is fine. Um, a part of me didn't want to be in charge of an entire sports department. I like being the reporter. I like anchoring sometimes, but I like being out in the field and like covering the teams um, and doing those fun stories and not having to always be like just sitting in the studio 24 seven and glued to my chair. Um, So I moved back to San Diego and got a lot of um, much needed time with my family and friends that I missed out on uh, when I was gone for the two years. And I did apply to some jobs. I got a couple offers, but a couple of them were duopolies. And that was, you know, one of my stipulations is, you know, I feel like after you get your first TV job, and you go through the whole contract negotiations and all that stuff. And you even hear colleagues talk about the contract negotiations and what kind of things to talk about and look for that. You're just like, okay, well, this is what I want for my next job. Especially I'm going to move up in the business. It's only, it's, it's not going to get harder from here, but contracts are going to get a little bit more serious and jobs are going to get a little bit, um, you know, more competitive. And so, um, I had my stipulations and my thing was, you know, not below this certain amount of pay. I want to do this many amount of years, maybe in, you know, a top 50 out after a year and a half. Um, and my other thing was no duopolies, you know, and the news directors I talked to were great. The sports director I talked to was awesome. I would have loved to have worked for them. But I knew deep down that's not what I wanted was to be in a duopoly again, just because I've already been through it and I knew what that meant. And I'm not trying to struggle in my next job if it's only a two-person sports department, it's a duopoly, and you're having me just be by myself on a weekend. That's a lot. It's a lot. So um, so I applied to a few jobs, got the job offers, turned them down, kind of hoping that something better would come by. Uh, in the meantime, I was waitressing. I started bartending. And sadly, bartending really opened my eyes because I was, it's not all about money. By all means, it's not, but life isn't cheap. Um, I really had figured out that like, I'm making twice the amount of money bartending and I'm working half the amount of hours than I did in TV. And I have my degree. I like, I have student loans to pay for and I am very lucky and very blessed that like I have amazing parents because in Duluth based off my pay I if I didn't have my parents I would not have been able to afford anything to be honest I could pay my rent but like that's about it maybe some food I never went to eat out ever like I was very strict on my budget but anything you know extraneous or fun it was just kind of like, you know, if I had to get my car fixed or get snow tires, I couldn't afford that. I, I had no money. And so it's really hard in this business to like, you have to be super passionate about it in order to keep going, especially with the pay or to negotiate your pay very well and know what you can't afford. But yeah, so bartending, bartending really opened my eyes where I was like, I make really good money. I'm not stressed out. I get to be with family and friends. I can travel. Granted, there's no benefits, but like I could take two to three weeks off and go to Europe. I could go back to Minnesota and visit my friends. I felt like I had a really healthy work-life balance. 
Um, and as I'm getting older, benefits were not involved. And so I need that, but, um, and it's not a career by all means bartending, but I was just like, I'm happy. Like I'm actually really happy. And it, it was a really hard decision to leave. And even sometimes to this day, I'm like, God, did I make the right decision? Cause like, I loved sports. If I was stuck with it, I could have been on ESPN by now doing sideline. But I, I thought very realistically about my life and where I wanted to go. I want to be married one day. I want to be a mom. I want to like be around for my kids. And if I was to stick in this field and do sports and do sideline, I'd be gone every weekend. Like, I like having my weekends off. I like having my nights off. I like being able to like have an open schedule and do a lot of fun things and go traveling. And so it was just a, it was just a really hard decision. I, I cried about it for a lot of months and um, had some really like hard talks with my parents, just being like, well, what do I do? Because I've focused on news for so long and this is my identity. Like it's not, but like, I feel like it is like, I'm, I'm Corey Kaiser from TV. Like this is what I've been wanting to do since seventh grade. I wanted to be on TV and this is what I studied for. And I have student loans for it. So it's just, it's definitely, it, it's been a really tough decision and still is a tough decision. And, um, but I feel like I've, I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm like, you know what, I'm happy. I don't think I want to go back into it, especially, you know, now with sports departments getting smaller and smaller, it's like, well, like, where does, where does that bring me kind of a thing? Like, is it something that I could plan the rest of my life and might as well get out now and be happy and make really good money and have a career that lasts me for a long time? All right. So now that you're out of the business and you've been out of the business for three years, do you still watch local news at all on television? I do. I do. Um, I used to intern at Fox five in San Diego. And so I'm, I've been a huge fan of them for years. Uh, so I do watch them. Sometimes I watch, you know, other local stations as well. Um, not as often as I would like, I listen to the news more so in my car, uh, on XM radio and just to still be informed. I feel like I'm, I feel like now that I'm not in the business and I don't have to pay attention to it, I find more joy in listening to it because I'm, I'm not, I'm not forced to, in a sense, it's more of like a hobby for me. Um, but yeah, no, I do watch local news, especially the sports segments, because I find myself being like, no, 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 they should have used a Vosat here and done a VO here and done highlights and blah, blah, blah. Like they should have done A, B, and C's. So I'm like trying to like pseudo produce it for them all over again. And I'm like, oh man, I guess I kind of miss the field, but I don't. <laughs> so do you have any advice for those wanting to enter the industry, um, such as someone like myself or... Or what about also for someone that's burnt out? You know, we've talked a lot about the great resignation um, and they want to make a shift to, you know, a different industry. What do you, words of advice you have for them? So I say for someone wanting to get into the industry, uh, like I said earlier, just get a lot of internships. Um, Really try and find a mentor that you gel with and that you can just ask a lot of questions. And just in general, just ask a lot of questions, like reach out to local news personalities and email them and just say, Hey, like, can I take you out to coffee? Like, I just want to know more about what you do and what your station is like and what you experience and like maybe what you've learned along the way, what your path has been. Um, Cause you know, college can prepare you only so much, but my real eye opening experience was being in the industry for the first time in Duluth. Um, 
in, you know, some places it could have been better. It could have been worse, whatever the deal is. But I feel like I kind of went in blindly in a sense. And I was like, wait, this is like how it is. Like our equipment is not as nice like it is in college. So I think the more information that you can get before you actually get your first job is so beneficial. Um, and just do your homework and your research, just like the great journalists that you are, just do your homework and your research. And, um, and really look into like what kind of stations you want to work for and maybe look into their news personalities and their um, news directors. Um, and even then reach out to news directors and just say like, Hey, and I should have done this, but from what I've learned along the way was reach out to news directors and just say like, Hey, can you look over my resume reel? Like, what do you think about it? Um, and granted every news director is going to have their own idea of what looks good to them and hireable in a sense when it comes to editing your newsreel together. Um, but the more opinions you get, the better. Um, so I would say that, especially for newcomers into the industry. Um, and yeah, just get lots of experience beforehand, you know, interview local personalities, reach out to them, just do your research, uh, for people trying to get out or thinking about getting out of the industry. It's hard. Just, and even then, you know, my mom, she's great. And she gives me lots of good advice. And she'd be like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. All I know is news. Like, this is just so hard for me. Um, but maybe even before you leave, just kind of thinking about like, what interests you and like, what makes you happy? What would you want to do maybe for the rest of your life for a career besides news? Um, or what even makes you happy about news? What makes you sad about news? Like doing like a pros and cons list and, um, just thinking about what life could be outside of news and what would be interesting to you, but to also know like, yeah, it's scary, but you're not the only one, but just knowing that there's other people that are in the same position as you or have been in the same position as you. And it's not easy, but to also know like news is not your life. News makes you think like it's your life, but it's not. And there's other things out there that can make you happy and give you a good life and a good, you know, um, work life balance and going on vacations and doing what things that make you happy. So to end on a light note, uh, for, you know, compared to all of the heavier topics we just talked about. So someone visiting San Diego, uh, you know, that's a big city for like Mexican food and other types of, uh, food there, obviously. So kind of tell us what are your restaurant recommendations in San Diego for someone who's visiting? Oh gosh. Um, I am not like I'm familiar with downtown San Diego by all means, but I live in North County. So I'm like 40 minutes north of downtown um, in North County. We actually have this restaurant that my family and I go to for happy hour quite often called me Guadalajara. We get margaritas and the nachos on happy hour. It's great. Um, any of the Albertos drive through. Awesome. You have to get uh, a California burrito or um carne asada fries oh if you're going to a padres game uh lolita is right next door great i'm trying <laughs> i'm trying to think what else um there's just so many good places to be honest like you can't go wrong with any place like in gas lamp or downtown um you know uh actually since selling beer one of my accounts is called craft coast in oceanside 
phenomenal tacos or tacos are so good and they've blown up so much in the last year. So, I mean, anyone coming here and they know where they're going to go, I have recommendations for them and I'll put the research into it. Cause I do like looking up uh, new places to try and I still have a never ending list of places to try and I'm from here. So, <laughs> so we have Corey Kaiser here again to play 10 questions along with us. And I will ask her 10 questions about her background and she will tell us a little bit more about that. So we'll go ahead and start off. What is your favorite color? My favorite color is red. And then where were you born? San Diego, California. All right, how many siblings do you have? I have one half sister, 16 years older than me. All right, what hobbies do you do in your spare time? I like to go golfing and I like to go brewery hopping, play card games, go hiking, hang out with friends, family, all that jazz. All right, do you have any pets? I do. I have four dogs. Um, two big ones, two small ones. Favorite TV show that you're not on? I like Below Deck, The Office, 90 Day Fiance on TLC, and SpongeBob. And I'm sure there's more, but <laughs> those are my top four. What's your favorite type of music? These days, country. Favorite movie? Step Brothers, Wedding Singer, Trading Places, Wedding Crashers, and I'm sure there's another one, but those are good. Favorite book? I recently just got into reading. Like, I'm part of a book club now, so I'm officially 80 years old. I don't have a favorite book, to be honest. I haven't gotten there just yet. There is one that's um, I read in book club, Verity by Colleen Hoover. Fascinating. Finally, what is one thing most people would be surprised to learn about you? This podcast kind of gives it away, but now that I'm selling beer, I tell people I used to work in TV and they're like, what? <laughs> doing what? And I was like, as a reporter's person, they're like, okay, I can totally see it. But like, what? What are you doing selling beer now? Um, but besides that, uh, I like to travel a lot. I've been to Oktoberfest two times. Um, a lot of people are surprised. I lived in Minnesota for two years and I'm still alive. Uh, that I still have an accent when I say Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. Um, yeah, it's there. Um, I've been skydiving twice, the first time in Australia. So there's just like a lot of fun facts, maybe not also very interesting, but uh, they're all equally fun. <laughs> Thank you again for joining us. Anything else you want to add that we may not have mentioned? Leaving TV, obviously, like I said, wasn't easy. And especially going into being a waitress and bartender, you don't really need any skills for that, to be honest. Um, but ever since then, I've gone into beer sales, which is like something different that I've never done. But like, I love craft beer. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to give it a go. And it's it has its ups and downs by all means, because it's something different I've never done before, especially sales. Um, but I do have to say that anyone anyone who's looking to get out of the business and going to something different is that a lot of the skills you have in TV, like really translate to anything and everything in life. And I wish more employers knew what all we go through as a multimedia journalist or just working, working in TV in general is that we wear, you know, the hats of five different people at one time and that, you know, we can meet deadlines and we're very self-sufficient and we take direction well. And, um, we, can learn topics quickly because, you know, working in news, you're constantly having to cover something different every day. Um, you're a professional through and through. 
so I feel like all the skills I've worked in journalism um, have really translated to each and every job I've had afterwards. Just knowing that like, I'm a very um, versatile employee. Like I, I can do it all. You tell me to do it. I got it. So um, that's something that like someone who's, who's looking to get out of the job is that you can take the skills that you you've learned in journalism and apply them to pretty much anywhere. Um, and when you go into interview, like telling your, you know, your interviewer, like, dude, I can do it. You know, deadlines, you got it. Like multitasking, you got it. Organized, you got it. Anything and everything, people, person, relationships, um, contacts, like just it works. So, um, that's, that's just like a positive note for people like, you know, her, transitioning or whatever the deal is, but, um, being like, well, I don't know anything else besides journalism. Yeah. You know, you got the skills. It's there. It translates to any, everything and anything. So that's my last note. Where, where can people connect with you on social media? Definitely Instagram. Um, I do have Twitter. I do have my, um, TV Facebook up and, uh, but Instagram is my go-to these days for sure. I always am on it. I always respond. Um, and yeah, I'd love people to connect with me. I like friends and followers and I like seeing what everyone's, especially people that are getting to news business too. Like I would like to help in any way possible. And even if, you know, you get your first job afterwards, I just want to see people go. It's very fun to live vicariously through them too. We want to thank again, Corey for bearing with us this evening. Uh, a lot of our technical issues, but We'll make it happen. We'll make it work. We want to thank you as well for sticking around with Broadcast Bolton again for another episode. For Jacob Brooks again, I'm Jim Stanton. Goodbye. Have a good night. The views and opinions expressed by the guests in this episode of Broadcast Bolton are solely theirs. They do not reflect those of their past or present employers, nor those of Broadcast Bulletin or its hosts in any way. Get yeah, the next one, Jacob. Um, I'll take the next one. Cool. <laughs>